Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Ren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. Sorry that there hasn't been a podcast in a couple of weeks. We did not abandon you. Uh, I had surgery and um, had a big lovely gauze on my face, so um, we just didn't podcast because you know yeah, we celebrated the one year and it was like bye that's it bye no more <laughs> i mean we did joke in the trivia thing we were like well i guess this is the beginning and the end so that's that's a tease but it was not here we are a few weeks ago we did a love letter to season three because we rouse on season three quite often we, we do it a lot <laughs> so we figured we would give season three its own love letter and we spoke about the things that we loved in season three and then we realized if we're talking about the things we love about our least favorite season why are we not doing love letters to our favorite season it's meant to be a special thing for season three, but we just thought, forget that. Let's talk about season two instead. No secret that season two is our favourite season, um, which is correct, because it's the best season. Um, so, you know, it just felt fitting to do this. So we will ultimately also probably do one of these for season one. Um, but today, I'm giving you a love letter to season two because it's what it deserves. But before we get into that, you can find us on many places. And those places, they do include Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. Oh, we put Spotify last this time. I mean, it Absolute, gets the hype, so it can, it's fine. Absolute wild card um, at Hawking's Do You Copy? And then you can find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hawking's Podcast. And on Tumblr and YouTube at Hawking's Do You Copy? We've been using Instagram a lot more recently and we've been doing a few fun things on there so we used to do a question of the week thing um in the audio podcast and i guess the video ones as well depending on how you're listening to it um but we've now switched across to instagram so this week we were talking about the music of stranger things and we had some really cool responses um actually so it was really fun to see kind of the songs that people thought because there were some we wouldn't have thought of necessarily um like we had some of the obvious ones which are still good in their own right so like never ending story um bit of ghostbusters and all that kind of thing um heroes. but it was nice was oh and, yeah a lot of heroes actually but it was nice to see a bit of love for love is a battlefield um which i feel was an underrated track yeah. in season two to be honest because it's played in a really weird point mm-hmm. like just as you're entering the snowball like we it's never really focused on too much it's not so... on the soundtrack either a lot of things aren't i'm no. i'm not disappointed by the soundtrack but I feel like it would have been nice to have a bit more variety but yeah let us know if there's any tracks that you really like and that kind of thing and we will maybe we'll talk about it next time and we'll remember to talk about it next time we will we got nocturnal me as well which was a really good choice and that one made me think of sunglasses at night which is also a really good one I also really like while we're on it um the song as Steve puts the bat in the car hammer to fall I'm sure that's the name of it by Queen I feel like it's such a small moment and it's not really picked up on a lot, but it really sets the scene. And it immediately went on my Stranger Things 1 to 3 Spotify playlist. (laughs) It is good. It is good. I feel like there's, I feel like they use songs in the show at little moments that then don't make it onto the soundtrack. And that's Hmm. like, well, they were really good. Like, and I'm not complaining that Barbara O'Reilly is on season three soundtrack, but it's not in the show. 
It's not in no. season three, but it's on the soundtrack. So like, I feel like there's some songs in season one and two that I just like to have on the soundtrack. But no, talk to us on Instagram. Follow us on there. So that was Hawkins Podcast. And get in, get involved. Get it, get involved with everything that we are doing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. However, <laughs> the point of the podcast today, you go. No, I was going to say the same, like, you should go there. Because it's Will season. So. It is Will season. As season four should be Will season, but we're not ready to talk about that. <laughs> season two, in the grand schemes of, we'll say fandom related things, so the greater fandom of Stranger Things online is somewhat of a controversial season that some people will say it's the worst. Not as in that it's bad, but out of all it's not the favourite. If you do find that, we welcome you here. Look, but... I don't judge people's opinions. Like, you know, people are perfectly entitled to their opinions, but I'm also entitled to mine. And that is, if season two, if you think season two is the worst season, you're wrong. I'm going to play good cop a little bit more <laughs> with this. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, regardless, I have never really understood that narrative because a lot of a lot of the argument is that it doesn't really fit in grand scheme of stranger things that well so like a lot of people say that one and three kind of compatible and i can kind of see it there are a lot of callbacks in season three to season one in fairness there are a lot of callbacks um, yeah there are but to me i don't i don't know i always thought that season one and two felt like a con- continuation of one another so yeah. you kind of literally just follow it along and you know exactly where everyone is who everyone is how the buyers are doing because they're not doing let's let's say that um but i don't know uh, where where should we back to, back to talk about season two where should we start opening the opening with callie is really good um like because you don't really know what's going on there which was really yeah. good which is why i was disappointed that you didn't see that like consistently throughout the show like i think if they'd had a bit of that in every episode mm. like it would have been like more fleshed out um yeah but the opening to that was really really cool like when she wiped her hand and you see the eight because obviously you're confused about what's going on so it's like done really well um i really like that i really like the reintroduction to all of the characters like it feels really in character like all of them like lucas saying about Mm. he's actually doing work and no one else is doing work and dustin and his mom just feels really natural and then mike's being really miserable as is his arc apparently he's been miserable for the past year and then you see mm. Will and Joyce and they're all biking there, but Will is not biking there and Joyce is driving him. And mm. you see the effects of season one in all of them at that point, I guess. Like, mm. you see how Mike is feeling, you see how Will is feeling, how Joyce is feeling, and kind of, yeah, I think it's a really good reintroduction to everybody. And I really like the way that the music and the like conversation blends in that scene kind of mm. like the way that was i think it's walking and hawkins that is played or is it kids i think it's walking and hawkins. um if he is kids kids but the way it blends and then nancy when she like chases after mike and then she like puts her hands up and then that blends into whip it and then whip mm. it blends into dragon slayer like that is mm. such good mixing of what is going mm. like it's honestly one like one of the best openings to 
a TV show, like to a TV show that I love. Like I just feel like it's done so well. It's just mm. like pre credits and then after credit opening, really well done. Yeah. So I think it's quite interesting you say about you kind of see where everyone is post season one because you see Dustin and Lucas and they seem to be carrying on pretty much as normal, which I guess does fit them that they're just tackling it a completely different way and they're going more from the angle of the way we're dealing with it is almost pretending like nothing's happened before and we've kind of spoken about that a little bit in one of our episodes before when we said about kind of what was that the stages of grief we mentioned it kind of then how everyone's kind of fitting in with certain things at certain points yeah um which you can go and listen to because um it will make more sense in that we talk about a lot more detail in that part yeah and we're going to do the the part two of that soon yeah, we're going to carry on with that. There's a lot of parts of things that we are going to be carrying on for. Um, but, but there we go. Um, I'm, a little, I'm a little controversial on the opening, I will admit. I, I, do like, I do like the fact that we see Callie. I do like that. I think it's cool. But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because episode seven is episode seven but i am a little i don't know i didn't need callie i just i did i didn't need it especially since we haven't seen them since yeah i think that's my issue i think that's my issue with it as an opening and i think if as you said it was kind of like scattered throughout yeah that would have been so much better yeah i think that's what it would have been because i don't know it's not that i don't need the numbers um and i mean who knows what's going on with season four especially we saw them being hinted there and then just blood um so i guess we're not going to see them anyway um but i don't i don't know i i've spoken about before i don't know if the number if we needed more of them i think it kind of i think it kind of takes away from the fact that l was l if we keep introducing because she's not special then is she yeah i feel like that kind of her finding callie would have been so much more natural feeling if there'd been bits of Callie in all of the episodes but but yeah the the post credits opening is the the post intro opening is the best opening if that makes sense I prefer that bit to the pre-opening opening okay yeah yeah I get what you mean yeah um but yeah like I just I wish they'd sort of expanded on it more but I do feel like kind of when you get introduced to the party it just feels, just feels like them. It was nice to have them back again. Yeah. I think that's what it was. On some of introductions to people then, I feel like we have to talk about Max and the fact that it was interesting because at first I w- wasn't so much mixed on her, but it's almost a case of, because we, we didn't know enough about her at that point. So then we saw more in season three. It was like, well, okay, Max is really cool. So yeah. it was nice to have her there and then not be killed off the season after yeah if that makes sense and just like, how she fits in and how how mike clearly wants to be her friend but is too proud to admit that he wants to be her friend yeah. um and moments like that and just how all the boys work with her and it's just i don't know it was it was nice to have her i think i literally one of my points is just max 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 and I said, like, mm. I've said, like, I really like the way she kind of challenges the boys. And she stands for what she believes in as well. And, like, I don't like Billy. Billy is not my fave. But their introduction, like, to them as new characters felt like such a natural 
introduction to new characters i feel like that's something that stranger things does really well is the way that it introduces characters because robin's introduction was really good as well and so was erica's so i feel like they do that really well and max and billy's in season two it just feels so natural and it feels like them like it feels very them like the way that they are introduced so Yeah, I just, I really love the way that Max kind of came into the party and kind of all of the dynamics and that there was a dynamic shift, but that ultimately you do become aware that it's a good dynamic shift. And she does challenge the things that they kind of, not like let slide, but I like the way that she kind of does challenge Mm. them in good ways. Yeah, that's the only thing that I will ever give to Billy. Um. His introduction when he gets out of the car, you mm-hmm. know exactly who he is yeah. in that instant. Yeah. And so well done. Yeah. Yeah. And I to be honest, like I I say I dislike him and I do dislike him. Like cannot stand his character. But then I suppose that's probably also the point. He's a good character, but he's a bad guy. Yeah. I just I just I just I don't like him, but the duffers have done their job yeah. in making me not like him. That's why I will yeah. I will give that and we can pretend that i've never given billy any other praise apart from that one moment there <laughs> but um, no like i i agree and like i feel like the way you see max ride away from him immediately and not even talk to him like it immediately mm. sets the scene of what their relationship is like as well yeah definitely i yeah i completely agree to be honest i think i'm i'm glad that max was introduced and we'll we'll leave it at that <laughs> Speaking um, of new character introductions, Bob. I have Bob on my list too. Same. I've oh. got Joyce and Bob with multiple exclamation points. And then in brackets, I've got spooky, spooky movie, which is just one of the best things. It's so cute. And like, I just really love the little details in that scene. Like you go in and she's sewing something. And then yeah. in episode two, you know that she was sewing his Ghostbusters. Yeah. You like out uniform, it's not uniform, but like his Ghostbusters outfit, and like it's so cute because you don't know what she's doing, and then you find like it's such a little like mm. subtle thing, and I love the fact that she is just sat at work making something for Will, which is just it's mm. just really cute, and then the way that he comes in, and you don't really know like much about him, and he's just like mm. you have this in any other colors, and then it's just them, and Joyce looks so happy. And I love Sean Austin. And again, it was a brilliant introduction. Like, it was a brilliant introduction to Mm. a new character. Like, I could never fault Stranger Things on their introductions to new characters at all. Like, every introduction Mm. to the character is done so well and so in character to that person in every season. Mm. But we obviously get lots of new characters in season two. And I feel like they're just all flawless. Yeah. The thing I like about Bob as well is that you clearly know... (laughs) He's not going to be surviving to the end of this. And you clearly know that he's... If we're talking in shipping terms, he is not Joyce's one. Like, we know that, but... He could have been. You, yeah, but you don't care. Because it's just, like, it's Bob. And he's just so good with her. And they're so good. And Joyce looks so happy. I mean, there's clearly something going on because he'll be like, let's just move. And she's like, oh, no. So something's clearly not... Something clearly isn't right, but just to see her just smile for a season. And I think, I can't remember if this is Duffers or like the costume designer said that like the way her hair was and the way she was dressed into that was reflecting how things are changing about her. And so like season one, it was quite unkept because 
it was made to look a bit more erratic and just a bit more like she's quite frantic, which in fairness, I think that's quite an accurate description of yeah. Joyce in season one. I mean, um, she lost her child, so... Well, she yeah, didn't personally lose him. Of course. Her child went missing. Yeah. And yeah, so just in season two, it's a bit more... And they do the same thing in season three, I think, where I'm sure they say that she grows her hair longer and only cuts her fringe just because it's a bit more practical because she's not really quite looking after herself as much and it's a lot more focus on those two and just that kind of thing so it's just to see her just happy for a season just we got that one that one moment of happy Joyce Byers and we're definitely not seeing that in season four no we're absolutely not seeing that in season four Joyce Byers is not okay um I noticed this because I watch everything that Joyce Byers does um a bit too much because um she is my queen um and I love her so much like so much and she's just so happy in season two mm. and I love that also little things she doesn't smoke as much in season two at the start like in season one it feels like that's all she's doing because mm. she's really stressed understandably um and in season two you don't see her really start to do it until she sat with Hopper because she's stressed mm. about what Will is seeing and then again when the house is really cold she's doing it and it feels more like the way she is in season one but when she's with mm. Bob, like, she doesn't do it. No, she doesn't. It's just... It is really clever how they put those details in. Mm-hmm. And that I've got this a note for later on as well when I say something about Will. Is that you can kind of track how they're doing throughout with those little moments like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about it now. So kind of like how you can with the Will comics. So the ones from season one, which is meant to be like the, um, I can never remember the proper name of it, but it's the one where he's in the Upside Down. What is the name of this comic? Isn't it like Into the Upside Down or something? It's something like that. It's it's not quite, but it, it's something like that. I'll I can have never a look while title. you talk. I'll, I'll official, I'll do it. For those yeah, watching, you're going to see my lovely Pascal from Tangled Phone Case. Hope you enjoy. We know obviously the Mind Flayer is kind of there pretty much from the start to be honest i know it has that memory yeah. enters into him but they're they're connected right from that beginning part and it's just really interesting to kind of just track when it's will when it's the mind flayer like especially i can never remember the episodes after is episode three isn't it because everything happens to will in episode three essentially yeah um the other side and stranger things that's it the other side that's it perfect knew it was something like that and yeah. so it's like, when is he talking? Is he talking as Will? Or is he talking as the Mind Flayer? Is the Mind Flayer kind of like saying little points here? Like I've said before, I think that I absolutely headcanon the idea that Mike inadvertently gives the Mind Flayer the idea to spy and kind of like trick in that way. I abs- I stand by that point. Yes. <laughs> and I will forever stand on that. So... A little bit of a but it's the same No, but, like, thing. I think that he does. Like, I think that whole scene is, yeah. Yeah, I do not trust that that is Will being like, well, what if he spies back? I fully believe that is a mind flayer kind of pretending and being like, oh, but what if this happens? <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but anyway, regardless. So, like, you can kind of do him. You can do that with Joyce and just see, just checking with her how she's doing, how she's not doing. And it's really nice how those little details are put through and I think that's something that season two does do really well that it's kind of like this mask of are they okay are they not okay I mean even Mike like we spoke about him 
before in last week's episode actually with the when we did talk about our anniversary and stuff like that that mike is an interesting one in season two because he's clearly he is very clearly not okay and he's trying to latch on to something and so if you think about it, it was looking for i think as we said before he was looking for will um, and then took care of Elle, and now it's completely reversed. So it's almost like he has to have that thing, he has to have something to look after, he has to be doing all these things, and has to be the leader, but he can't even do that. And I think, I want to say that Finn, back when season two was around, was around, was um, doing promo stuff, he said a similar thing, where it's like, people don't want to play D&D as much anymore, and they just want to do the video games, and they want to do this and do that, and he doesn't really know yeah. Who he is as a person. I'm sure it was something like that. Because otherwise yeah, it's a I very specific did. quote to make up. <laughs> no, I think he did. I think yeah. I remember that. It might have actually been in the... Um, Netflix. Was it Beyond Stranger Things? <laughs> yeah. Beyond Stranger yeah, Things. It, yeah. I'm sure it's in no, that. Yeah. And he talk, yeah. And they talk about the video games and like the evolution of like board games into video game. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. As I said before, that it's quite interesting that you can kind of see that with him as well. And then immediately when L comes back it's almost like that switch again and mm-hmm. i don't know i think not season two or season three related that's why i'm really excited for him in season four because he's kind of lost both those lifelines now yeah. and he really needs to work on him and work on himself and i think that's something that's been overdue but probably to be honest two seasons at this point um like he said uh, finn wolfhard said that um people are actually looking out for Mike in season four which I find really interesting and I think like you said it is kind of two seasons overdue in season two he's acting out he's acting out in so many ways and people just don't pick up on it like even his parents are like you're being like you had a tough year but you're being awful with this this this, and this and I know that like he shouldn't be swearing at his teachers and graffiti like he shouldn't be doing those things but I feel like his parents are completely properly overlooking why he is Mm. doing that Hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I I feel like he should have been, he should have had someone looking out for him a long time ago. Yeah. I will say that Finn said that on a Fimeo, which I don't know about you. I haven't been able to find that clip myself. Um, so we're trusting that people online have said this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So people have said this clip exists. I haven't seen it. I don't think you've seen it. But no. apparently he says people are looking out for Mike. So please give me that. There, there we go. Um, speaking of people that you're looking out for, I'm going to talk about my boy, Will Byers, because Will Byers in this season is my absolute fave. And yeah. I know a lot of people say it's not Will again and that he's been used as a plot device again, but I don't see that. Like, Oh my God, no. I, I don't see that. No, I, I, I kind of, I kind of get why people can suggest it because you know he's used to get the plot going again. But then, isn't that what will make his character great? That he is the lead role in this bit, essentially. That yeah, without him, without Will, there wouldn't be a season two. <laughs> no, and like I think everyone talks about this. Maybe this is going to be a controversial point. Maybe, maybe this is the point where people are like, "You're wrong." controversial opinion hmm. the main character in Stranger Things is not Elle it's Will oh that is quite controversial 
But it, it is! Like, the whole point is that Will goes missing. Why has this kid gone missing? Why him? Why was he the one that was able to survive? Why did the Demogorgon go after him? Barb died within, like, two minutes. So why did it go after Will? Like, the whole point of... But it's the same way that, like, the Hunger Games was is, is about Prim. And it's about protecting the kids. It's not, you know, yeah. like, it, there's Katniss and, yes, there's the main character and there's this journey and stuff. But the point of Stranger Things is Will goes missing. We need to sort yeah. that out. Season two, yeah. Will is possessed. Season three, he still has this connection. There is something about Will, and I feel like we're supposed to think, yes, it's Elle, and look at this like kid with powers, and she's really cool. And she is really cool. I love Elle. But Will, Will, I feel like he is the main character. I think it's more how you define main character. Because if you're going for the Hunger Games thing, and with the idea of it's about Prim, then... Yes, I'll give you main character that. I think, arguably, as much pain as we say that Elle probably is the main, but the show is about what happened to Will. Yeah, okay, so yeah, if you're okay, looking, yeah. We'll yeah, go with that decision. Yeah. yeah, 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 that definition. Yeah, but, no, but I do agree with you. Anyway, regardless, I think that him and... I mean, I make no secret of the fact that, to be honest, Will in season two, and I will give credit to Noah Schnapp for his acting in this, is the thing that properly got me into the show. And oh my god, yeah, absolutely. I literally yeah. have Noah Schnapp in capitals in my notes. Like, I just have Noah Schnapp. Like, this kid deserves all the awards for season two. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like people, I mean, people should be talking about it more anyway, but and people definitely talk about it enough but let's talk about it more um that i remember watching the mind flayer so that episode and mm-hmm. just being hooked on that part mm-hmm. where he's like tied to the beam i guess yeah and keep switching that moment when i know it's an editing thing but when his voice switches in and out like it's horrible and just the moment when i think it's after mike's spoken to him and joyce is like if you can hear us, please come through. He's kind of like, he's almost about to break and then just goes completely blank mm-hmm. and it's just, let me go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just the way, it's just the way that it's done. It's just so clever. And I feel like even though you know he's probably going to survive, you don't really know at the same time. No. Because like... he's so far gone. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree. Like, it was so well done. I think that, like, I really love horror, uh, like, in general, like, as a genre, and I I watch horror films constantly um, and shows and stuff. And I think that one thing that people unsuccessfully can do is possessions. Like, because it gets to the point sometimes where it's just funny. Like, it's not scary. It's just funny. Like when you've got someone like being thrown around a room but like it looks really comical like it it gets to the point where you're you're watching it and you can't believe what's happening like it's not it's not there you know so I was a bit worried when it was obvious that that's what the route they were going to go down but they did it so well like even the voice change was so subtle that it wasn't like this kind of silly ridiculous voice change it was it felt natural and I guess it kind of gave more of like a I don't want to say character to the mind player but I'd never really thought about the mind player having a voice 
before that. So I feel like that was really interesting and that we only kind of saw that once. But then, like, that never really happened with Billy in season three. His voice didn't really... I didn't actually really like how it was done in season three, to be honest. I think... I don't know. It felt a bit like a rehash. I would have liked to have seen something new. I get why. I get why it happened like that in season three. Because we kind of had the overarching um, view of the Mind Flayer at the um, at the Snowball. But I just feel like there were some things that didn't really line. I mean, I know we don't know much about the Mind Flayer anyway. But there was a lot of things that didn't seem to line up with what we already know. That why was there then a version of Billy and a lot of the town already in the Upside Down? Why... Yeah. Why was he speaking to himself? Why I I didn't quite get what was going on there. And why, what part of the like entity spirit part of the mind flayer was in the flesh? Was it like the flesh mind flayer wasn't actually the mind flayer, and the mind flayer was in Billy, and Billy just controlled the flesh? Like yeah, because it's I preferred the mind flayer as like the ghost. Ghost. Yeah, exactly. Because I gonna presume from what will said in season three we're going to talk about season three again for a second but we'll get back to season two what we said that it's the bit that was in will that is in billy unless i've got that completely wrong because that was the bit that was locked out that's what he says so yeah i don't know maybe it's because of that it's already had a human form so it can kind of mimic I, i don't know yeah maybe it's something like that which it's interesting but we don't really have the context for that i just i don't know one thing also bothered me and I've seen this a few times online, is that why was there no recollection then from the mind flayer of Will? Mm. That I feel like a trick was missed there, especially since he can sense it. Yeah. So there's some kind of connection, and I do get why mind flayer Billy was like, oh, it's you, that kind of thing. But I don't know. It's I I just feel like something was missed. It anyway, makes more to, sense. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like it makes more sense for the mind flayer to recognise Will and the Demogorgons to recognise L. Like I don't Yeah. I, 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 mean, I don't understand. Yeah. The only thing is she the was gate. obviously she the one the that gate. shut the gate. Yeah, she did do that. But that wasn't but, that wasn't the part of the mind flayer that was watching though. If the mind no, flayer was, was the mind in the in gate general. watching her, then if the part mm that's in Billy was the part that was in Will that's still out. It never saw her. It never saw her do no. that. No. The last thing it would have seen would have been, like, Nancy, Joyce, and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Anyway, I yeah. just... No, I, I just think... The in general, though, done... Mind Flayer storyline, good. <laughs> yeah, the possession was done really well in season two, I think, and I just really loved the way they did it. And Noah played it really well, like, with the subtle shifts in his behaviour and the subtle shifts in the way that he says certain things and looks in certain ways. And, and I just think it, it was just done really well. Like, every aspect of that was, was done really well, in my opinion. Give Noah all the awards, essentially. I mean, of course. I, I am up for that happening. Like, as we kind of said with Joyce earlier as well there's little things with him that's going on a little detail Mm -hmm. so one that kind of everyone knows obviously is the fact that he's wearing contacts throughout the season so that his eye color gets darker the more more possessed he is because i think it starts i want to say he's got hazel eyes it's like hazily green it's something like that and then by the end of season two um it's just dark brown verging on black and so that's obviously like a little hint you can kind of pick up things there and then there's one thing that I find really 
quite cool that when he's in the hospital and um, Owens points at Mike's like, who's this? And he turns like with his eyes first and then his head follows. And there used to be a program called Humans. Yeah, there used to be a program called Humans. It was on, on Channel 4. I don't know if you watched it. I did. I'm sure it's called Human. Yeah. And it was that same kind of thing. And they did the same thing, like turn with the eyes first and then they turn with the rest of their face. It's just shows they're not quite human so to speak yeah. so it's little hints like that that i just find i just find it really really cool and i don't know i i will forever praise war Byers's arc throughout season two and i just think it's so interesting and it's and it brought out the wonderfulness that was michael moore's friendship let's say that um and i just i feel like more people need to talk about their friendship in season two to be honest i think learning more about their backstory that moment in the shed when he's like it's the best thing i've ever done becoming your friend and it's just it was just so nice to see those two and will kind of like mm-hmm. confiding in him and being like don't do this because they won't understand but then also michael's confiding in will about l and being like oh l would get it and i feel like she's there and i'm going crazy and it's just I just feel like it's such an underrated thing within season two that hardly anyone talks about. And I don't know why people don't talk about that. No, I think that was really nice. I feel like those two in season two just were like such a highlight and their friendship is mm. just really nice to watch. And it just felt so natural as well. Like it just, mm. it, 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 yeah, you said sort of everything I think about their friendship in season two, but it, it is just so nice. I love seeing it. And then you can obviously say the same for Dustin Lucas as well. That people complained that he was kind of split, Mike Will, Dustin Lucas, Max. But I thought it was so nice to see each of their friendships. You had those two, then you saw how yeah. Dustin Lucas interacts and how they they really complement each other. In that Dustin is a bit more jokey, yeah. Lucas kind of like not shuts him down as such, but it's like wow, okay. Yeah. And the way that he does it back, and they're just. I do wish we saw more of them in season three and I'd like to think we'd see more of that in season four, but... I hope so. I, I mean, don't know. Will and Elle aren't even in Hawkins, so we've got the Hawkins a lot that need to interact yeah. somehow. I have actually written um, in my notes about bits that I really liked within the friendship, but I'm going to go... These will fit in, these will tie in to the friendship yeah. point, but I'll strip it back to my first point which was I feel like you can't talk about season two without acknowledging Hopper in season two and like the yeah. increase of his role, which I think is really good. The way that he's looking out for Joyce and Will and the way that he goes to all the appointments with him and he, it suggests that he went to Chicago with them as well um, mm. to help out, which I just think is really lovely. And then obviously you have to talk about him and Elle in season two. And I really love that whole dynamic. I, I think like it, it, Elle and Hopper in themselves particularly in season two could be a whole podcast so I'm not going to go into every single detail about it but people always talk about the fight scene and I know they got to kind of improv bits of that and kind of I think Millie Mm. was allowed to just kind of do certain movements that they would then do yeah no exactly which which I think was really good and I think everyone always talks about that scene and those Mm. scenes which of course are done really well but my favourite scenes in regards to Hopper and Elle is the reunion scene when she gets back and she's like, where have you been? And then yeah. the bit where he's talking to her technically on the radio, where he thinks he's talking to her 
and then in the car with the MTV punk bit and mm. then her talking and then him talking about Sarah and mm. saying about Sarah. And I think that that reunion is really, really nice, which ties into the point that I was going to say in that when you talk about the different friendships, Elle's friendship and the way that that is as a reunion with the rest of the party. And yeah. it's so nice, like, again, stripping away... I know that like Mike and Elle are canon, but like stripping away the shipping, <laughs> their friendship is really cute. Like they're the yeah. way that they have their little reunion and she just goes straight to him and he just kind of like falls to her, like is just done so well. And then the way that she is with Lucas and Dustin, um, it's just lovely. Like it's just so nice. And like even then she immediately she's never met Will before, not really mm. accepting the upside down, but she wants to go straight to him, like Yeah. I just, the only thing I don't like in that scene is the way that she kind of shuns Max. But if you think about Elle's character, mm. she only knows kind of what she's seen on TV. Yeah. So she's kind of applying that to her life circumstances because she doesn't understand fully different like nuances within relationships because she hasn't been taught properly. No. But... I feel like people give her a really hard time for that. And I'm really glad, like, I really wanted Max and Elle to be friends. And I'm really glad they did go down Max and Elle being friends. And they're really mm. good friends. But people give her a really hard time for that in season two. Um, but I think it just ultimately boils down to kind of the nuances of Elle not understanding the way that friendships yeah. work and the way that relationships work. So I I just, I love that whole reunion. Like, I just think it's really nice. And you can really see the way that their friendship is and and... Particularly, like, Elle with Dustin and Lucas. Like, that's really sweet. I love Elle with Dustin and Lucas. I feel like Elle and Lucas, Elle and Dustin, are so underrated as a friendship Mm -hmm. thing. Their moments are so far and few in between. But you can tell that that both of them really care. Like, that moment in season three. I know this is season two, but that moment in season three when Mike and Elle, like, run towards Dustin and they just have that hug and just that reunion. And even that moment in season one, when um, Mike jumps off the cliff, she brings him back up, and then Dustin just like joins that group. He's our friend, and she's crazy. Yeah, and I just, yeah, I just feel like they're so underrated. And I know, obviously, they can't put that in season two. I, I know they couldn't really run until the end because she was dead, as far mm-hmm. as all of them knew. But I don't know, like those few moments we did get, it was really nice and. I don't know. I do wish we saw more of that in season three, and hopefully, in some capacity, Please. we will get it in season four. I don't Please. really have much hope, but it would be it'd be nice. We we we've got Ellen nice. Will anyway. <laughs> Maybe who knows? How I feel like they hate each other. Please, honestly, watch them just not talk be... at all. They'll say one word, and that'll be their interaction they'll just, again. They'll just like like absolutely hate each other. They'll just be fighting constantly, and Joyce will be like. Absolutely yeah. not. I talking about um L and being dead, I think her reveal is really cool. Um I really yeah. liked the way that kind of came in and you were like, Oh my god. And then I love how season two starts and she's like, Ghost. Like that's not that doesn't add yeah. much to the conversation of reunions and friendships, but um I just that's a moment in season two that Yeah, I I have written down Ghostbusters as a thing. Just oh, the, like, yes! Just all of that, like the way the music is, the way the parents are taking the pictures, Erica, and how 
every one, the way they pose and are about having their pictures taken is so in character. And the pair, oh, it's yeah. phenomenal. And I feel like we can't not talk about this. Dustin and Steve. Oh my God, I have this down. I have this written down. And I've put the same thing. I've put Dustin and Steve. It has to be mentioned. But we always talk about their friendship, which is brilliant. And I love mm. their whole dynamic. Yeah. And their friendship is so good. And we will get onto that in a second. But I feel like people get so focused on their friendship that we don't talk about what their friendship did to Steve's character development. I had that down, actually. Continuation of Steve's growth at the end of season one. Yes, and I feel like Dustin, yeah. like their friendship, contributed so much to that with the whole like I might be a like bad boyfriend, but I'm a pretty good babysitter. Like I feel like their friendship really shows that, and we see kind of Dustin's development in regards to their friendship, and we talk about how Dustin kind of wants to be a bit more like Steve and does this and does this and goes to Steve and trusts him, but we don't talk yeah. about the, the the good impact that that has had on. Steve as well and I really love that very much. Yeah. Like in regards to Steve, I I quite liked that the season opened with him with Nancy. The, yes. Oh yeah. I'm I'm glad that was a thing and yeah. that it was kind of that continuation that you saw them together at the end of season one, which I think we said before was I don't think many people were expecting that, so I'm quite glad no. they did it just to be like, she's fallen yeah. into this and which I suppose in relation then to season two, then it's, we can bring Nancy into that as well, that it was nice to see kind of how Nancy came into her own again, like mm-hmm. she'd fallen into being comfortable and you had that mm-hmm. kind of parallel, which was probably quite a big switch for her actually, when you had, yeah. I think it's season one, we have Enjoy Your Chicken Ted. And then Steve is then like, oh, I love KFC. And that kind of thing. And just, I feel it's a parallel that a lot of people miss. It's kind of like Nancy's fallen like right that. into that trap of like, not to say that Steve is her Ted, because he's not a Ted, but he was the safe option for her. And Murray kind of says that yes. well with the, we like Steve, but we don't love Steve. You get to see Nancy in the way that she's grieving in season two, yeah. which really ties into that. And I, like, Barb is not my fave. Not because I have this weird, like, grudge against Barb. I just don't know her. Like, I no. don't know her. Like, we saw her a few times and then she died like I don't know her as a character so I don't particularly have a very strong opinion on Barb either way I don't mm. dislike her I don't like her she was Barb she died mm. that yeah that's what it was um but I do feel like she did get really forgotten I actually sent this to you in the message the other day and I was like isn't it funny how they literally look like they had two missing kids and they looked for one of them yeah. <laughs> like they barely gave Barb any time at all um so I did really like that Nancy didn't forget that and you do see Nancy's grief in season two and Mm. how that kind of impacts her relationships and kind of how the grief has kind of settled over her and I guess that's kind of why she's staying with safer options because she's worried about the impacts of things because she's already dealing with so much Mm. yeah it's also just now it's quite interesting then to see how Jonathan's storyline actually was in season two because the more I think about it is it a bit more complicated in a sense that arguably at the beginning things are quite okay for him and similar in the sense with Joyce where 
Will isn't missing, he's comfortable. Yeah, he doesn't like Bob very much, but actually the buyers are doing pretty well towards the beginning that he gives Will the extra time, like, I'll pick you up here instead. And then he goes off to a college party. Oh, not college party, sorry. He goes off to a high school party. And it's like he's he's kind of not falling necessarily into normality, but he's getting into that. But then he then has that switch as well when he sees like Nancy's and having issues and then it all obviously unravels as it does for absolutely everyone does with Steve as well. And I don't know, I've never really thought that much in detail about it, but actually he's... I don't know, it's... It is interesting. I would have liked to have seen more Steve, Nancy and Jonathan working as a unit in season two, I think. Yeah, because they were so good at the end of season one. Yeah, I do kind of miss the Monster Hutton trio. I would love to see more of it in season four, but I don't think we're going to get that. Oh, Jonathan's not there! No, but if you can give me Nancy and Steve, I would would like that. Give me Nancy-Steve friendship. Give me Nancy and Steve friendship. That's what I want. I need that. Like, it is crucial to my happiness. I think one of the the lines where you see that switch in Jonathan is when he says about well, Will came back. They say about Will coming back and he's like, yeah, but he's not the same. And I think you're like, you can see that Jonathan is really like also struggling with how Will is now. And yeah. obviously you see the way that Will, like Jonathan is with Will when he's like, wait, people call you zombie boy? And he's like, no one, like, and he kind of just like sits down and he's like, I'm gonna like talk mm. to you about it and like help him. And I think he kind of realizes that Will is struggling, but then there's so much focus on Will, understandably, that kind yeah. of Jonathan, I mean, we've always spoken about how like he works to help Joyce with bills and he's kind of stepped up as like a pseudo father for Will. And he kind of, isn't overlooked but i feel like there's so there is so much focus on will particularly after season one as well that like yeah you know like he has to take will trick-or-treat day and even though he doesn't and he's like i'm gonna go to a party he doesn't he can't do what he wants to do because he's taking will trick-or-treat day. Um, yeah, and he exactly. loves that he loves that like, will's his best friend but you kind of see how he gives up quite a lot of his time and the way that he's then saying yeah but he's not the same shows that there are a lot of masks i think we said this earlier if not uh, this is a new point (laughs) there are a lot of masks (laughs) i think with the buyers that like as you said like will isn't talking really and is kind of in a way also kind of pretending that everything's all right and Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah this is this is the thing yeah Yeah. exactly like literally only saying things he's asked or when he's literally running away from a ghostly mind flayer that is chasing him on Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. And that you said, like, Jonathan was kind of saying there that he's kind of getting around his high school life. He's doing this, he's doing that. He's going to parties now or wants to go to parties now. He has that weird introduction to that one girl that we see once um, who is dressed as Kiss. And where what actually happened to her? I feel like we don't talk about this enough. No, we get her name. Yeah, that, like, Kiss line and then that i'm dressed as a guy that doesn't like parties and then he's like oh nancy's drunk yeah but like, we literally get the girl's name we get her name and then that's it anyway it's probably so a fanfic somewhere probably somewhere on somewhere on ao3 <laughs> yeah so he does that and says that line about yeah but will's not the same and then joyce 
is, you know, he she can't say anything to Bob, but everything's okay because Will's back and we're just working through this, but things aren't right with him and it's just very much, they're hiding so much that, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. No, I, th- I think it is and I think you can kind of see that. I do really like the way that you do see, like we were saying, Nancy and Jonathan's kind of progression though. Like their scene where they go and record, that is such a good when they go and record the lab. That is a yeah. really good scene. Like I really love that. That was so clever. I really liked the way that they did that. And I think you got to see kind of what their characters are like and how Nancy and Jonathan work well together as friends as well. Like, you know, because yeah. obviously this is before they're together. So you get to see kind of how they progress in, in, in that way, which I think is really good. I also really like Nancy dancing with Dustin. Yeah, that was, I think the snowball in general was quite a nice, it was a nice little moment. And as like another little Easter eggy thing, obviously, when all, everyone knows about this as well, all the lyrics kind of correspond Mm -hmm. to certain people at certain points. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I feel like everyone kind of watched the snowball, like, oh my gosh, it's the snowball. And it, it, it happened. Um, that was one of my other points on it, actually. Not so much the snowball, but that I liked the way that, apart from obviously you saw my throat then, it felt finished. Yeah. And that it felt like the end of an arc mm-hmm. anyway. And that if Stranger Things had ended at season two, obviously I would have liked more, but if it ended at season two, I wouldn't have been mad about it. No. I would have thought, Whereas, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely, I completely agree with that. Whereas like season one, I was like, I want a bit more. But, like, I feel like I do, you know, but then season three ends and I don't feel that same completion. It's a good ending. Like, it's good. Like, it was a good, like, situation and I like the way they did it. But immediately I'm like, they've moved. I want to know where they've moved to. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what happened here. I want to know what happened here. I want to know the after effects because now this, like, you know, like, I kind of, there's so many theories that, you know, what about Hopper? What about all these things that are jumping to my brain for season four? But when I finished season two yes I wanted season three so badly like I remember where I was when season three got announced and I cried like I actually cried because I was like there's more content I was like so excited I think like me and you were messaging about it but I did feel that kind of it I wouldn't have been mad because it felt it did have that kind of like finality but in a good way not in like a forced way and like a good this is an ending yeah yeah, exactly. No, I feel the same with that. And obviously, like, just the final point is that I feel like the music and cinematography in season two is really good. Like, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, well, I really liked all that. It was, it was dark. And I feel like all those things kind of contributed to that. The way it was filmed, it was literally probably actually in the upside down half the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music was just that little bit more dark and it was just i don't know if it was because it was set at halloween and it just had those vibes oh, anyway but it had such good vibes mm, it was just it was just it was just good and obviously the thriller trailer just mm-hmm. immediately set the tone for it and i just think i don't know i just i i just love season two i feel like everyone should love season two i know we didn't really go a lot into well, we said some negative things about it i mean you have to dislike your faves sometimes constructive criticism is healthy yeah, like obviously there are a few things in it that episode seven we don't talk about episode seven. Um It's so frustrating it's the... though. Like it's so yeah. frustrating because 
I saw this really good Tumblr post about how like she's such a good yeah. villain. And like I'll say villain in like quotation marks, but like the way that she's like an anti hero almost. Yeah. And like she she does bring that and she does kind of go against you know, she wants to bring the lab down, rightfully so, because she is a survivor of MK Ultra, rightfully Mm. so. And she helps Elle kind of have a bit more exploration, kind of in a less peppy way than Max does in season three. Like yeah. she kind of gives L that makeover type thing, mm. um, and it has such like a good premise. But I just feel like it was so random having her at the start of episode one and then nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. I do feel like a lot of episode seven's issues, and we've definitely said this before, is the fact that it came right after Mike was like, "It's a trap, it's a trap," mm-hmm. um, and then we then had to wait another episode to see the results of that. I feel like part of that issue, I do feel like a lot of it could have been spread out and we could have yeah. had... We could have, we could have had one less episode in season two. Mm-hmm. That, that could have been done. Made, no, 100%. And, it, and it, I think it would have flowed more and they're kind of... The way they were kind of would have flowed more. Do you know like how kind of you had bits of Elle exploring her past mm. throughout episodes, which I thought was really good. Like I really liked that we had that and she got to see her mom, and like she kind of had that as well. But that felt really natural because it was spread out. And I feel like we could have, instead of episodes, in episode seven, as well as her reaching Kelly, she had to, we then had to learn who she was. And we had to be introduced to these characters. We could have been introduced to these characters as the season's going on. We could have been cutting from um, Hawkins to Pittsburgh. We could have have done that. And we didn't. Like, we didn't get to do that, which was... Which I think is what kind of let that storyline down a little bit. Um, like episode seven on its own just feels really random. It just feels like it was yeah. put there as like a kind of thing. Yeah, um, I think that's the issue because I remember watching that thinking, okay, but how are Will and Mike doing at this point being trapped yeah. in the lab? Uh, rather than, I want to keep learning about how Elle and Callie are doing. It was more focused yeah. on the fact that they're nearly dead. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, I just... Even if that was placed in episode six and you kind yeah. of swapped. I mean, that's the main sticking point of season two, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Maybe, if I'm being picky, maybe see a bit more of the party together before they're split up and yeah. things like that. But I don't know. I don't feel like I had as much of an issue with that as a few people online I've been no, seeing. No, it I felt natural. It, to me, it felt natural. Yeah, exactly. To me, it felt natural as well. And I just think, you know, things like things like that. Maybe, actually, no. I would like to see maybe a little bit more Jonathan and Will. Yeah. Because I feel like you didn't, re- you kind of got that in season one, even though he wasn't there. And then even no, though we had those really nice moments in season two, it wasn't really there the entire way. And I just feel like he would have maybe checked in a little more. And then obviously we got to season three and it was like they didn't even know they were related anymore. Is it? Um, yeah. So... It would have been nice to have a bit more. I think little things like that would have been nice. Maybe a confirmation as to whether or not Brenner was alive. That actually, I did quite like him coming in for that one moment. Mm-hmm. In that is episode seven, isn't it? Yeah, that is episode seven, and the illusion was good. Callie's powers were cool. Yeah, and just you know, little things like that. But I think I don't know. I will forever praise season two and. 
I will not hear otherwise that season two no, is not a good season. I, I just, I think it's so good. I think it kind of embodies everything about Stranger Things that I love. And I, I do like, it just, I mean, I'm always going to have it as a soft spot as well because I watched season one and I liked it and I was like, cool. But season two was what like made me become so obsessed with this show. Like, hmm. and I'm always going to, I'm always going to be you. Like, I'm always going to love it for that reason. Um, no, yeah. But I do love it. And as well, like, just quickly saying about Callie's powers, like, the bit where she shows the butterfly is, like, such a lovely, like, mm. filming-wise, like, filming-wise, like, that was just done really well and kind of aesthetics and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'd love season two. I agree. I don't want to, no season two slander on this podcast. We do not talk about shipping. We do not go into details about those things because... People can talk about all of their things, and this is a space for everybody. But it is not a space for people to come and slander season. <laughs> That's our one rule here. We just we don't do that. <laughs> no, this is the one rule of the Hawkins Eve Coffee Podcast: is don't talk about hate about season two. <laughs> I feel like it's a suitable love letter. I think it's more of a love letter than a love letter to season three. <laughs> yeah. But, but there we go. So let us know on all the social medias. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Tumblr. They're probably the easiest places to do it. But we are on Twitter mm-hmm. as well. We should probably use Twitter a little bit more as a side note to us. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there are a few places where you can find us. As we said before, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher at Hawkins Do You Copy. On our social medias at Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast, and then on Tumblr and Instagram at Hawkins Do You Copy. Find us on all the places, contact us, we will enjoy it. Yes, we absolutely will. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast, and we will see you next week. Over and out.